We know all too well the feeling of horror and disbelief when unimaginably bad things happen to good and innocent people. A bomb destroys a maternity hospital filled with women and children. Earthquakes, hurricanes, and floods kill and displace thousands of good-hearted, hard-working families. A pernicious virus kills six million people. How do we understand tragedy and needless deaths? In Jesus' day, people often interpreted painful experiences as signs of God's judgment. The worse the experience, the more you must have sinned. Jesus' listeners are wondering the same things we often ask when something tragic or unimaginable happens. Why did Pilate kill those people who were worshiping in the temple? Why did the Tower of Siloam fall and crush those others? What did those people do to deserve that death? Did the rest of us do something or fail to do something that caused this tragedy to happen? If those seemingly innocent people died, how bad will God's wrath be for the rest of us? Jesus' answer to all of us is clear. In today's gospel, Jesus says it twice. No, I tell you. It doesn't matter whether they died by natural disaster or human evil. It was not because of their sinfulness. God does not punish sin with death or tragedy. Jesus does remind us that we are all responsible for our own lives and choices. He reminds us that we are all sinners, no one worse or better than the other, and that we all need repentance. The call to repentance is one of Luke's signature themes. He calls his readers to repentance and forgiveness of sins more than any other New Testament writer. And for Luke, this is not just a message for the Judean people, but for all nations and all peoples. Luke sees and draws on God's story as the story of salvation, the story of our return to God, traceable from the beginning of time through events recorded in his time and present even in our time. Luke's God is a forgiving God for what is a call to repentance without the promise of forgiveness. The second half of today's gospel is a fig tree parable unique to Luke. Again, someone is rushing to judgment about the worth of another part of God's creation. This time, it's the landowner talking about a fig tree that just isn't bearing fruit. And the gardener protests, one more year, let me, give me one more year to loosen the soil and fertilize it and give it a chance to be fruitful. Fig trees bear fruit twice a year, usually beginning in the fourth or fifth year. After three years of waiting for this tree to mature and bear fruit, the impatient landowner 
wants to see some return on his investment. The gardener is gentler with his expectations, willing to put more time and patience and caring into nurturing the tree into full fruit. The fruit of forgiveness is a changed perspective on the world. In forgiveness, we see the world with eyes changed by our experience of God's grace. Forgiveness begins with repentance, with recognizing our sin, something done knowingly or unknowingly, that has broken us down from being our very best holy self. When we repent of our sin and ask for forgiveness, there is an inherent admission that we have a relationship with someone, with God, with ourselves. Because if we didn't have a relationship to mend, why would we bother asking for forgiveness? Rather than giving up on the possibility of a bountiful relationship because it isn't strong and healthy this moment, in our repentance, we are invited to be patient and try again. Repentance and asking for forgiveness are hard things to do. Humbling ourselves, admitting our imperfections, feels humiliating, shameful. When we admit we need God's help to repair something in our lives that we screwed up because we were trying to do it all alone, we are using our God-given ability to choose what is right for us. We choose to trust in God and God's power. God is always faithful to us. We choose to be faithful to God. We choose to accept God's love and grace, choose to accept that we cannot be our best selves without God. Returning to God, we renew our relationship of faith. We receive grace, which is by definition undeserved and unearned. Grace in the form of love and forgiveness from God. Reconciliation with God frees us from the guilt and stress that weighs down our branches aerates the holy soil around our roots, gives us new oxygen to breathe. All the while it nurtures us, heaping on us rich and nutrient-laden experiences and people that invite us to grow and thrive, to sprout new leaves as we reach for light and warmth. Renewed and regrounded in God, we see the world afresh. We find our own hearts open to the pain of others. We find courage and hope to reconcile other neglected and fractured relationships. And we find strength to build God's kingdom of justice and love for all people.
bearing fruit is the natural result of being given time, nutrition, and nurturing. Walter Brueggemann, a contemporary scriptural scholar, talks about Lent as, I quote, a time to reflect on the way in which God gives new life that is welcome when we recognize how our old way of life mostly leaves us weary and unsatisfied. Repentance is choosing again to rely on the God of the gospel, the God we hear about today who does not judge anyone by their sins, the God who calls all us sinners to repent and return to fruitful relationship, the God who is patient with us, who loves and graces us richly.